Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. trouble scott farrell is calling the shots from the sideline we're gonna make fun of people we're gonna hurt people's feelings it's farrell on the bench i believe in whipped cream with everything all right so farrell on the bench here's the deal uh denver up 82 74 with 10 and a half to go in the game they lead by eight and they got uh, Tory Craig out there, Porter, Morris, Plumley, and Murray. And I mean, that's it. Like, so they have, they actually have uh, Jokic sitting on the bench at the start of the fourth, and now uh, a turnover on a on a call by the refs that the ball went off of uh, Denver. So Clippers get the ball. Jokic has 12, 19 boards, and eleven times he's got a triple double, and he's resting right now. And then uh, how about the Clippers just go for the dunk? and miss off at a rim and the ball flies all the way to the backcourt and it's not over and back because it's a shot. And then now they throw the ball away anyway. They threw the ball away anyway. I mean, now you're seeing guys uh, in hockey, they call that grabbing the sticks tight, right? Now you're seeing guys uh, make mistakes when it's uh, nail-biting time. This is the end of the game. Uh, Ten minutes left and, you know, Denver... They still have to deal with the shot clock, so they still have to go down and get looks, and they got to make shots. And if they can make shots and get a few stops, like, you know, let's say five or six stops and a bunch of buckets like that, Murray, a turnaround, makes it a 10-point game. So if they can make shots like that and get five or six really good stops, you're talking about each possessions like 40 seconds or whatever, right? So now uh, the Clippers miss again. So that's what I'm talking about. There's a stop, get the rebound, melt it down, get a good shot. And if they can make 60% of their shots, you know, I mean, the rest of the way, like, let's say they make whatever, six six of every 10 shots the rest of the way, they're going to win this game. That's just the bottom line. There's nine minutes left and they're up 10. They basically have to get a bucket a minute. And not give up threes. We're watching the overtime game as well. Tampa and the Islanders nodded at once, at least I thought. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sarge just had a chance for the owners, but he uh, he got poke jacked off on it. So this has been really uh, an incredible game, and there's six minutes left in the uh, extra session, and it's just crazy, um, you know, that they a couldn't score on a four minute power play. The Lightning with the way their power play clicks and the way they skate and pass, they couldn't get anything. The Islanders played great D. And then uh, ever since then, it's just been kind of back and forth looking for a, uh, uh, you know, a loose puck or anything, uh, you know, that they could, you know, punch in. There's just been it's been all defense and guys just, uh, you know, banging and not giving you any room, any space at all. I mean, they can't even like you see it, uh, Mavi, they're not even letting them skate. I mean, there's just no room to do anything. Yeah, they're all over them, and that's what you got to be. I mean, you can't give these guys any room. You give them an inch, and they're going to snap a shot out of nowhere that you don't see coming, and all of a sudden it's in the net. This team is so adept at just making quick scores and quick passes and just setting things up, you know, cross ice out of nowhere, one-timers that you don't even know what happened before the puck's in the net, so you can't give them any room. You got to stifle them, you got to smother them, and you got to get the puck the hell out of your zone. Right now, Tampa's getting a little bit of, uh, you know, possession and rotation going in the Islanders' zone. They need to get it out of there. I mean, it's five on five, and you'd think they were on a power play right now. They've had it down in their end so long. You know what I mean? So they have controlled this thing uh, with their forecheck, and it's like, you know, Lee's been playing without a stick. His stick broke, and he can't do anything without a stick. He's just trying to skate in front of the uh, players, and, and they can't get a shot off. I mean, it's unbelievable. They don't have a guy with a stick, and they still can't get a shot off. That's amazing to me that they cannot get a shot off. The Islanders have their number. It's just unbelievable. And now the Islanders are going to clear it out, and they're going to save the day because they don't have to deal with the guy without – Anders Lee had no uh, stick. And, uh, the Lightning just keep blowing chances in this game. You get a four-minute power play to start the end of the third, start three minutes of the overtime, and you still have nothing. Now there's four minutes left in this overtime, and they really have let every chance. Anders Lee just skated for a minute and a half with no uh, stick. It was like a five-on-four, and they couldn't get a shot off. I mean, it's just unbelievable. By the way, I just wanted to give you an update. The Nuggets are absolutely destroying right now. They're up 13 on the Clippers with under eight minutes to go. It's like almost seven and a half minutes and they're up. And, you know, bottom line is they are just beating the Clippers senseless, but the Clippers get a big steal. The Clippers have it. It's now or never for the Clippers. 
they got to start scoring. And they got it. And uh, Kawhi just thought he got fouled. No call. And uh, the Nuggets get the rebound. Under seven and a half to go. It's 89-76. And you can't even make this stuff up. Because, I mean, how in God's name? They were up 3-1 in this series. And they let, and they were up in the last game. In games five and six, they were up at least 18 to 20 points in both games. In the in, Late in the game. Like in the second half, they were up 18 to 20 points, right? In both games. And they lost both of them. They got obliterated in the, in the fourth quarter of both games. And right now, that's exactly what's happening again. The Nuggets yeah, are obliterating them. When I saw that that halftime score was them only down by two points, that, that worried me a lot if, I, you know, if I'm a Clippers fan because, like you said, these other games, they've been up 15, 16, 20, you know, in the, in the second quarter, third quarter. And then the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, Denver just takes over and comes back. So the fact that they were only up two just made it that much easier for Denver when they made this push after halftime and made their adjustments to not just come back and not tie the game, but take the game over. And they've held control of it. I mean, I don't know what the Clippers are doing. They need to get more of a uh, sense of urgency, I feel like. I, you know, it feels like they're just still sitting there thinking, all right, we got this, no problem. No, you know, they, this team's come back from 3-1. They forced this game. They've taken control. Like, you got to feel like you're in trouble here because you are. I mean, Doc Rivers right now, if they lose this game, that's the third game seven he's lost. You know, Pat Beverly had all those times in Houston that he choked. Where has Paul George ever gone in the playoffs? That, you know, he's always choked in the playoffs, whether it be Indiana or Oklahoma. So we, we all are looking at Kawhi saying, well, Kawhi's got it. Kawhi knows how to win. Kawhi's, you know, a finals MVP. But no one else on this team has. And it's showing right now because they're not getting it done in the clutch. Do you think, um, you know, because uh, you look at the uh, box, Kawhi, they shut him down tonight. He's got 14 points. He's 6 of 20 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. Paul George has only 10 points. Harrell's got 14. Harrell's got as many as, as Kawhi, and Harrell's been a disaster in the entire time he's come back to the bubble from his grandmother's passing. He's been terrible. And then uh, bottom line is that the Nuggets have shut down Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in this game. And that's why uh, they're up 89-76 in the fourth with seven uh, and a half minutes to go. That's why. The bottom line is, and how about Jogic has um, 19 rebounds and there's still seven minutes left in the game. I mean, the guy's just been a rock star. It's just crazy. So oh, this was uh, some great defensive team. Harold, six men of the year. I mean, now he's showing up offensively, but where's his defense there? You know, how's this guy just getting almost 20 rebounds already before the game's even, you know, halfway through the, the fourth quarter? Like, this is ridiculous. They're not letting these guys, you know, slow down at all. They're letting them do whatever they want. And that's all that we've talked about so long is that this team is so good because they're a great defensive team. Not just can they score like crazy, but that you have – two or three of the top best defenders in the NBA between PG-13 and Kawhi and, and Beverly, and they're not stopping them at all. They're letting them do whatever they want. The fans in the church think the East is going to win the uh, NBA Finals, and I thought it was the West with uh, the Lakers or you know whoever they play 
I think the Lakers, you know, right now, if they played the Clippers, the Lakers would beat them. And if they uh, play Denver, I still think the Lakers are better than Denver. But I'm not writing Denver off at all the way they have played uh, in the playoffs and the way they've gotten to this point, down 3-1 a couple times in a row. Uh, last four series down, you know, uh, they had to play game sevens, and they win all these games. They're 5-0 and in elimination games. This will be 6-0 and in elimination games if they win this game that they're leading. And uh, so if they get there, how can you, how can you write them off or say they can't win? Like to say they can't win is laughable the way they've just beaten everybody, no matter what. And so uh, I want the heat and I just, I'll even say it right now. Like I said today on coast to coast, I think the heat are going to win it in terms of uh, the Celtics series, but I have my reservations even about that. Like, I think that the Heat uh, have their massively have their hands full with the Celtics. I mean, I said it earlier. The Celtics should have won the game. They should have won the game one tonight. I mean, you're up 12 multiple times. You're up 10. You're up nine. You got to win the game. Uh, After three, you're up 12. You got to win the game. I mean, you got to be lit up in the fourth quarter to lose a 12-point lead and get outscored that much. You know what I mean? So uh, if the Heat go to the finals, I'm sure uh, if it's the Lakers and Heat, let's say hypothetically, or or Denver and the Heat hypothetically, I, I think that both of those West teams would be favored in every game over the Heat. And they'd be favored in the series over the Heat. And that's all there is to it. If it's the Celtics and Lakers, like old school, because that's what I think the NBA wants. I think the NBA, actually, what Adam Silver and his minions want is Lakers Celtics. Just like the old days. Just like just like even Kobe uh, against Paul Pierce and those guys. Bottom line is, is that uh, everybody loves the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. They always have and they always will. That's what they want. And uh, I know people want to see the Clippers and Lakers in the West Finals. It just does not look as though that's going to happen. Oh, the Lightning had a chance with one second left in the overtime to win the game, but they didn't get it done, and they'll go to uh, double overtime now. And now I can focus on the basketball game because I can't watch both at the same time uh, with my setup here. It's still 89-76. So can you believe it? Like almost two minutes went by and no one scored. It was 727 when they had the timeout. So this is crazy. And you know what? Here's the deal. Morris is trying to guard. Oh, they get the layup, the easy backdoor layup. They're going to call a foul, though, on on Morris. And Jokic is going to go to the line. uh, Jokic can do whatever he wants to Morris. He can do whatever he wants to him. He's just bigger than Morris. Morris is a tough guy. He's, you know, I think a dirty player, but he's a good player. But uh, he can't guard Jokic. He's just too big. And he can shoot right over him. And that's just all there is to it. 89-76. Five and a half to go. Oh, Murray from downtown. He missed it, though. Oh, that would have been a dagger. Uh, We'll talk to Alex Solano next on the bench. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. 
As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Alex Solana is uh, with QAM, uh, the Joe in Miami, my old stomping grounds. I know he uh, does a lot with uh, Hockman and Crowder. I know he does. He's their uh, NBA expert. He, he does their show a lot, runs their show, hosts the show, does everything. And uh, we thought we'd talk to him tonight about the heat. I just want to forewarn him that uh, I'm watching the end of this game and this uh Denver game and they're up 13 with three and a half minutes to go. And literally, I think the uh, Clippers have hit one shot in the fourth quarter. That's it. And it was a it was a miss and a dunk followed by Green. That's the only shot they've made as Denver has completely punked them defensively. And then all of their shots have been layups and easy floaters at the rim. They have scored in droves. Jokic, even Harris. Uh, Murray's got 33. Jokic has got 21 rebounds in this game. They're done. The Clippers are done. They are just getting absolutely cooked by the Nuggets. They have taken over the game just like they took over games five and six in the fourth quarter. And in the and this second half has been total domination. But I do want to talk to Alex about the Heat because I'm a huge Heat fan. Alex, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm watching this game as well. Uh, I mean, Paul George, totally a punk. Uh, what, what's happening right now is unbelievable. I mean, a, a three, you blow a three to one lead. You had double digit leads in every single one of these games, Scott. I mean, like what's happening right now is unbelievable. Did you see the shot George took from the corner with nobody on him and he hit the back of the backboard? It's I embarrassing. Mean- They're down the stretch. They're down the stretch right here. Paul George is playing. Uh, like he's never played in a playoff game in his life. He's throwing turnovers. He's jumping, turning around, throwing the ball out of bounds. It is absolutely embarrassing what, what's happening to Paul George right here. It, it's like watching Mario Chalmers. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And uh, you have to admit, this is the worst game you've ever seen Kawhi Leonard play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think I think credit has to be given to Denver and what they've been able to do. Nobody thought uh, the Nuggets had a chance coming into this series. I sure as hell didn't. And especially they take a three games to one lead. I think credit has to be given uh, to this Nuggets coaching staff with Malone and, and what Jokic and Murray have been able to do in these last three games is insane. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, George just missed another three in the other corner, and this one barely hit the rim. Uh, you know, here's a newsflash for for Paul. Stop shooting. Like, it's over. Like, you are the <laughs> last guy that should be shooting right now because he has been – he's 4 of 16 and 2 of 11 from uh, downtown, unless I'm mistaken. And his – Oh, and oh my God, Murray just hit a wing shot from 30 feet falling into the Clippers bench, and that is it. It's oh over. They're up 18. Did you see that shot? Oh, my God. I think Patrick Beverly is going to fight Paul George after this game. I like They're, oh, they, they're going to fight after this game. And they just stole the ball and dunked it. They're up 20 with two minutes left. This game's over. This game is absolutely <laughs> over. All right, wow. so wow. let me, let me wow. ask you just so we're on the subject of it, right? How can yeah. anyone in their right mind say that they can't play with the Lakers after what they just did uh, in four straight game sevens and in four straight playoff series 
And then twice in a row now coming back from 3-1 down in this bubble, how can anyone disrespect them and say they can't play with the Lakers? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I just don't think this can happen to a LeBron James-led team. They've already fallen behind in two consecutive playoff series. I think they were definitely the better in that first playoff series, uh, the the better team that is, and, and they showed it down the stretch. But I, I, I don't think they were a better team coming in than this Clippers team. I, I think the Clippers just choked. I think it's as simple as that. They choked, and, and, and Paul George just couldn't play in the moment. I don't see that happening to a Lakers team. I don't see the Lakers blowing in multiple games double-digit leads. A LeBron James-led team alongside Anthony Davis isn't going to let that happen more than once, maybe once. More than once, there's no way – That's going to happen, and it's going to take a Murray-Jokic bombardment every single game to get over LeBron James and AD. And and look, if they do that, then all credit goes to them. Nobody expected the Heat to be where they're at either. Uh, So if that that can get done, then, you know, maybe this Nuggets team is much better than I expected. But this, this wouldn't happen to the Lakers and LeBron. It just wouldn't. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that uh, actually they play uh, a different style of defense than the Clippers, which is uh, they don't play defense at all in the second half uh, is all there is to it. Like, I don't know who you blame. Obviously, you can easily blame Paul George. I think Harrell's been terrible in the series uh, since his grandma died. I think, uh, frankly, in my opinion, well. I think Beverly sucks to begin with. And then I think that Kawhi's been their only player. Tonight he laid an egg. And I think Doc Rivers and his coaching staff have to be blamed for making no adjustments whatsoever in games five, six, and seven. And how do you blow these gigantic leads in the fourth quarter of three straight games? But nothing will happen. I guarantee you, you know Ballmer, he's not firing Doc Rivers. Right, but there has to be that conversation. I mean, you, you, see, you, you see it all around the NBA, right? Uh, Houston, what happened in Houston is a total abomination. Mike D'Antoni, uh, he, he called it, you know, becoming a free agent. At the end of the day, they weren't going to sign him again, and, and he was fired. He was let go. And, and when you bring in this talent and you have these expectations set for you like the Clippers did, if, if the conversation by Ballmer isn't even at least had, well, I, I, think, I think they're coming up short because – for as well-respected as Doc is in the NBA, you had arguably the best roster coming into the bubble. You had everybody healthy, and you weren't able to adjust, as you just mentioned. I mean, this is a huge disappointment. And on top of that, Scotty, they're depriving us of the series everybody wanted to see. For as much as Denver's played great the past three games, I'm sorry, I wanted to see Kawhi and LeBron, the L.A. matchup in the Western Conference Finals, and they had it. They were one game away, up three to one, and they're depriving us. They're depriving the NBA community of the matchup everybody wanted <laughs> to see. That's what I'm upset about. Listen, it is what it is. I mean, Denver earned it. Let me ask you this question. Uh, can you believe that, uh, that, that Fertitta is not firing Daryl Morey? <laughs> well, I, I think there's a lot more to that, and, and – Listen, what's happening in, in Houston right now, I, I, it's unbelievable as well. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, that team has no future. They've totally, they've totally handicapped themselves with Russell Westbrook. That team has zero future. And James Harden, you want to talk about Paul George bleeping the bed. Uh, he's learned it 
from James Harden because that's another player who in the clutchest moments, in the biggest moments, disappears, totally disappears. He wants to shoot 50 shots a game in the regular season, and when it comes down to it in the playoffs, when his team needs him to score and needs him to be the leader, he's deferring to Russell Westbrook, who can't throw the ball in the ocean right now. I mean, it's it, what's happening to Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook and James Harden in these playoffs is uh, it's is crazy. I mean, these are supposed to be the stars, top five, top seven players in the league, and they look like scrubs in the playoffs. Can you even believe that, like, we're sitting here watching Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sit on the bench now at the end in garbage time as they get whacked by the Nuggets and seeing their facial expressions is worth, I mean, it is just worth its weight in gold. I cannot believe the facial expressions of those two, like, especially George. George looks like somebody just stole his Lamborghini. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. When Rodney Magruder's getting run in this series, you know it can't be good. I'll leave it at that. Right? When Rodney Magruder is getting playing time right now, you know it can't be good for the L.A. Clippers. You know it can't be good for Doc Rivers. I am telling you. So I want to get into Now, that's just crazy. I mean, what is that about right there? That's just – did you see that? Oh that's God. somebody trying to hurt Murray. Who just did that? <laughs> Who was that foul on? I, I got to see the play to believe that- it. Is that your boy Beverly? Beverly. Is that your boy Beverly? That's Beverly, the cheap shot hack piece of garbage that he is. (laughs) He's such a piece of garbage. That's a guy. That's a flagrant foul. Now, that's a flagrant foul, and they're not going to give it to him. That's a flagrant foul. You can't even tell me it's not. He tried to hurt him. Well, what about Jokic with the circus pass, though? I mean, that's look, like, I get it. It's a great pass, but Jokic, Jokic definitely rubbing it a little there. I mean, they're up 16 points. Uh, uh, with 26 seconds left, he's throwing behind the back, no look passes. I, I'd be upset too, to be honest. So listen, I don't, I, I don't know about. I, I can see that. I'm with you on that, but I don't see why uh, you attack a guy from behind uh, for any reason whatsoever, other than to hurt him. I mean, honestly, that's just a that's as cheap as it gets when you get some. That's like shooting somebody in the back, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, do you do you expect? And I know you're not a big Patrick Beverly fan. Clearly, I think you've uh, you've cemented that this interview. But uh, I, I'm not surprised coming from Patrick Beverly. He set that precedent, right? Like he he'll 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 be the guy to give you the cheap shot uh, if need be. But you can't deny he's a hack. You can't even deny it. He's got no game. Uh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a hack. I I think I I, I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I'm not saying Patrick Beverly is a premier point guard in this league, but I think. What he provides defensively, he brings intensity to your team. He gets the most out of his teammates. Um, and I'm not trying to praise Patrick Beverly after what he just did there, but but I do think he, uh, what what he can provide a team is important in uh, in certain situations around the NBA. He's a Heat guy, and I think the Heat whiffed on him. They had him, they let him go, and he's made them pay already several times when they play against each other. Um, He's, he's that kind of player. He's, a, he's gritty. He's gritty. I'll give you this. He can play defense like a mosquito. He is, uh, he's like a, a mosquito flying around your head when you're sleeping. He's painful. He can definitely play on that end of the floor. Offensively is where I'm coming from. I, I, you know, I just can't have that guy shooting or having the ball in his hands. I don't want him at all to have the rock. Uh, on the other end of the floor, I don't have a problem with him. It's when he's on the offensive end, I think he's a hack. We'll come back with Alice and talk about the big heat win in game one next.
Uh, Alex Solanas with uh, 560 The Joe, our old stomping grounds, QAM in Miami. And uh, we're going to talk to him now. We've been talking about this amazing uh, Denver upset. They did it. They're the only team in history to come back from 3-1 twice in the same playoff run. Uh, they did it to Utah, and they did it to the Clippers, and they obliterated the Clippers tonight, and they shut down Kawhi and Paul George and, frankly, the whole team. So they move on. It'll be Lakers-Nuggets in the uh, Western Final. And and Jogas just said it best. He said, no one wants us here. No one even uh, thinks we deserve to be here, should be here. Uh, no one cares about us. No one thinks we're good. And here we are. We're having fun, and we're special. And we've been together a while, and we're doing amazing things, and we're having a blast, and they're just balling. And uh, you couldn't have put it any better. And uh, they're going to play the Lakers. We'll see what happens. That you know, how can you doubt them? I mean, after what they've just pulled off, it's crazy. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're destiny. Anyway, uh, I'm watching double overtime. The Lightning almost scored, but they did not. They just had an open net after a puck went over Barlamov's shoulder, and it was sitting right behind him. And all they had to do was tuck it in, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't get to it. So it's still one-one. In double overtime, 16 minutes left. Alex, let's talk about the Heat. Um, you know I love the Heat, so this should be uh, fairly simple. I just cannot believe. All right, I took the Heat today in game one. I did it on uh, Sports Grid TV today. I took the Heat, and I uh, took the one and a half. I believe in them. I think they're, uh, for me, the best pure team that I watch uh, in the playoffs. Uh, the way they move the ball, the looks they take, the defense they play. Uh, their cohesiveness, uh, they play real motion ball. Like they cut, they they do everything. They pick and roll, they do it all, and they do it so seamlessly. It's like a video game. I'm watching them, and they just take so many great looks, and uh, their patience, everything about their game I like. And I just think that they can beat anyone. And uh, everyone is on the Celtics. People want Lakers, Celtics. A lot of people do. And just like the old days. And I want the Heat. I want the Heat to not only uh, go, I want them to win it all. And I thought tonight was huge. And I just couldn't believe that the Celtics let them win that game when they led by 12, 10, 9, 12. It just kept, uh, they just kept mounting this huge lead. And the Heat wouldn't go away. What did you think? Well, not only that, and I'm never the guy that brings up officiating. I hate the people who constantly bring up officiating. But I don't think there's any doubt that tonight, uh, there, there was no benefit of the doubt going to the Heat by the officials. I mean, right before the game went to overtime, Heat had a one-point lead, and you call that bogus foul on a notorious flop in Marcus Smart on that inbounds play. You give the Celtics a chance to tie, which they capitalize on. It was an absolute disgrace, but you're so right. What the Miami Heat did, uh, excuse me, what the Miami Heat did tonight is they showed you just how versatile they could be they threw everything they had at the Celtics. They didn't play great the entire game. At the end of the third quarter, they were very bad, turning the ball over, couldn't score. But in that fourth quarter, they showed you Jimmy Butler is going to do what Jimmy Butler does. He's going to be a dominant force late in games. Bam Adebayo is all over the court, as he has been <laughs> all year, and the national media is starting to take notice. That block he had is the best block in the NBA playoffs since LeBron James' chase-down block on Andre Iguodala. I don't even think that's arguable. I think that's a fact. That is the most monumental block the NBA has seen since the 2016 NBA Finals. And on top of that, they have wings for days to match Boston's versatility. And then on top of that, you're adding a 20-year-old 
who is shooting the biggest shot in the game before Jimmy Butler's three to take the lead, he has what uh, Calipari calls elephant. John Calipari <laughs> is saying that Tyler Hero, that's how he describes Tyler Hero as elephant. And you saw it today. You saw it in the series against the Pacers. And you saw it in the series against Milwaukee. Uh, what, what the Heat have is a complete team. You are on the money. And they showed it tonight, even on a night where they don't play great. And even on a night where they struggle shooting, they struggle coming off the, out of the gate, they were right. able to turn it on when it mattered most. And they, they shut down that Boston team late in the fourth quarter. What did you think when, um, and I agree with you on the band block, uh, it might even be better than uh, LeBron's chase down block. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I think, it, I, I actually think it was, it was just, Tatum's going in for a flush tomahawk and he just absolutely facialed him. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable. Yeah. What did you think of, um, you know, a couple of things I mentioned earlier on the show when you weren't on was that they had like turned the ball over like 12 times and they had nine steals get yanked from them. They were constantly stripping out, you know, bam. And they were stripping hero. They, they stripped everybody. They just want to make her kept coming up with loose balls and stealing the ball. And I just couldn't believe a team that turned it over that much that had that many steals taken against them. And they, and that they still won that game is unbelievable. But when, Butler went to the hole on Tatum, who's a lot bigger than Butler, and he got that and one to fall. I just couldn't believe my eyes. It was so clutch because, frankly, Jimmy had taken two shots right before that that were both terrible shots. He missed both of them badly. Yeah. Uh, He had that little wing elbow jumper, the turnaround spin jumper. And then, uh, but the fact that he made that drive with Tatum all up in him with arms like a snake all over him. I mean, that was just such good defense. I can't even believe he got the ball off, let alone got the call. Because I agree with you. I didn't think they got any calls in that game in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's why you bring Jimmy Butler in. Uh, uh, You know, my friend Channing Crowder, I know you know him pretty well. We had a discussion a couple months ago. He was denying if Jimmy Butler was really this this superstar caliber closer that you brought to Miami. And to be fair to Channing Crowder, in his time in Miami, we hadn't seen it through the regular season pre-COVID. We really hadn't. He didn't have any of these defining moments as a closer in a Heat uniform. And all that doubt has been pushed out the window, right? right? I mean, time and time again, you can look at that that game, uh, that game three in against Milwaukee, where it was just a forty to sixteen run by the Heat, led by Jimmy Butler. Tonight, he hit two of the biggest shots, other than the band block. Those were the two biggest plays in the game. Uh, That's why you bring Jimmy Butler here, whether he's going to give you that production on a night in, night out basis consistently through four quarters. Probably not, right? Probably not. He showed you today. He'll struggle. He might not always take the best shot in the best situation, but when you need a bucket, you're confident Jimmy Butler is going to get it for you. Tell me, uh, well, first of all, uh, make sure you say hi to uh, uh, Hawk and, and uh, Crow for me and, and tell them I, I send my best and, and I love those guys. But what did you think we'll when, um, w- tell me what you thought when, like, because, I mean, Hero doesn't even shave this kid. He's so young. But how about this guy's Euro step and that left-handed spin off the kiss, off the glass that went in? (laughs) How about that shot? How many players in the NBA can do that? And how many guys are 20 years old able to do that late in the game 
while you're losing in a pivotal Eastern Conference Finals game one. Seriously, how many guys in the NBA can do that in that situation who are 20 years old, younger than 25? There's not many. Maybe Jason Tatum's the only other guy under 25 who can do that. It's unbelievable the progression that he's shown throughout this season. And make no mistake, he has now entered untouchable range in this Heat organization. Make absolutely zero mistake. There were a lot of rumors that they might ship him off and try to bring in, uh, whether it's Donovan Mitchell or try to put some sort of package together for Tyler Hero uh, and ship him out because, you know, he was a highly coveted guy coming out of Kentucky. But make no mistake, he is now part of this Heat's young core, which includes Bam Adebayo, which includes Jimmy Butler, who's not very young, but, you know, he's a part of the core anyways, and, and which includes Duncan Robinson as well, who hasn't really had a game yet, which is scary to think. Well, I think he's a great shooter. I thought he had a bad night because of foul trouble, but he still hit a big right. uh, dagger from straight out from like 28 feet. Yeah. So I, and, and he yeah. was cold as ice because he was sitting on the bench over there uh, twiddling his thumbs. So to come in and hit that <laughs> shot was huge. So he contributed as well. The guy that just continues to blow my mind year after year after year, game after game after game, and uh, series after series, and just big plays and big shots, and what he's able to do for a little guy, I mean, little in terms of NBA bigs, uh, you know, for even a guard is is the dragon. I mean, Dragic is such a pimp, and he's got knee braces on and everything else. I've never seen a white boy get to the rack like that guy with all of his problems and legs and everything else. And what he does, not only uh, getting shots off threes, little teardrops, uh, reverse layups, passes, everything that he does. I mean, Drogic is clearly the muscle in the chest. He is the heart of the team. I like everyone on that team, but there is no one like that dragon. That guy is a pimp. He really is. And don't forget, I don't know if you remember in the offseason, everybody thought Drogic was gone. Everybody thought he had already been shipped off to Dallas. There was a report on SportsCenter, I watched it, reporting that he was a Dallas Maverick. I mean, think about the difference Goran Drogic has made for the Miami Heat, not just tonight, but throughout the entire playoff bubble, Eric Spolscher deciding to start him was, was the catalyst, I think, for this team. He really is a guy, when, when you saw it today, nobody else on the team can get it going offensively. He's your, he's your crutch. He's going to get you consistent, consistently good looks throughout the entire game. And uh, he's one of these guys that feeds off Jimmy Butler. Those two have really developed a strong chemistry for Miami. Uh, and, and he's Euro. He's, he's a Euro guy. I love him. He, he plays with that same grit that Jokic plays with. These, these Euro guys, Donkic, like, they bring something different to the NBA game. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're feeding them in Slovenia. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but, but I'm telling you, like, they, they bring vodka. a different kind of mentality and tough. Yeah, vodka. That's what it is. A different kind of toughness <laughs> uh, uh, to the game. I, we love the Dragon down in Miami. Make no mistake. We love Goran Dragic. He's a heat lifer. I hope they keep him uh, and give him a new deal. Uh, I got to tell you, they should yeah. just keep him on the team. Until, you know, they did it with Haslam. Why not just do it with the guy that is the pulse of the team? Let me ask you this last question, Alex. You've been awesome on the show tonight, by the way. Rockstar status now with Pharrell. I have to tell you, uh, really impressed. But let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I got to – because the Celtics have made a lot of money. They're a good team. I like betting on them. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, Tatum and Smart are driving me nuts. And Kemba, too. I mean, uh, Smart is absolutely going off 
every game, every night, hitting threes, hitting big shots, making stops, flopping, doing everything. He's like winning an Oscar every night of the week. That guy, if they don't do something about him, uh, if they don't do something about him, they're going to lose. They're going to lose the series. They have to figure out a way like the Nuggets did to shut down Kawhi and George. I think the Heat have to because I think the Heat are the best team defensively. What they did tonight was incredible. They need to shut Smart down. They can't let him go off like he did tonight. No, you're right. And and I think, uh, you know, all the credit goes to, to Brad Stevens. I think uh, um, uh, Miami certainly was going to let Marcus Smart do his thing tonight, right? Like if you get beat by Marcus Smart, I think that was the idea going in today that you get beat by Marcus Smart. Well, I think Eric Spolstra has, has quickly realized, well, that can't happen because Marcus Smart can consistently beat you. He had the most threes in that Raptor Celtics series out of anybody in that series. Right. He had 24 threes throughout that entire series. So he's going to hit the shot. And look, we know I, know, I know you're saying you're a big heat guy. You know Eric Spolstra of all coaches in the NBA is going to figure out a way to make right. adjustments, the proper adjustments to guarantee that Marcus Smart doesn't go off that way anymore. And you, you're not expecting Wanamaker or any of those losers at the end of the Celtics bench to, uh, to, to do that. Um, but, but Marcus Smart, you're right. Big time player, no doubt. They got to shut him down. Hey, Alex, great job tonight. Make sure you say hi to Hawk and crowd for me. Tell him uh, I send my best. Uh, you're a badass. Great job tonight on the bench. Thanks so much. We'll catch up with you again maybe uh, uh, later in the series or in the finals. Thanks. That, definitely. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Alex Salon of uh, 560 Show in Miami on the bench. All right, so the Islanders just won in double overtime, uh, a deflected shot, and they get a breakaway, a two-on-one, and Vasilevsky gets burned by Eberly. Eberly with the winner uh, in double overtime from uh, the captain, Anders Lee, beautiful feed uh, right into the open net. Vasilevsky couldn't get over, and Eberly banged it in, and the Islanders force uh, game six. So... That's a huge goal for the Islanders in double overtime to win it. And they uh, survive tonight, unlike the Clippers. And uh, they got blown out by the Nuggets. And we already know the Heat winning overtime over uh, the Celtics in game one. Morenzi's up next with Sports Rage. Gabe, what did you think of all the action tonight? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, can you believe while uh, the NBA bubble gets uh, burst uh, by the Denver Nuggets, uh, they were playing hockey into the late night hours. Just an epic uh, Epic uh, night, the NBA world buzzing uh, right now, Scotty, and Toronto Raptor fans getting a little bit of redemption after getting uh, you know, bumped uh, the other night. I think it would have been painful to watch Kawhi Leonard uh, win a title. I think it would have cheapened the Raptors' uh, title from last year. would have been, oh, yeah, it's just Kawhi Leonard. You see wherever Kawhi Leonard uh, goes. But what an implosion, Scotty. You know, listen, you've been around a long time, man, and you've never seen the Clippers in a conference finals 49 years Seemed like they were destined. This is one of the biggest upsets in uh, playoff history, bro. Uh, Clippers were minus 1,500 favorites at FanDuel before the series started. Yeah, it's just crazy. And I got 10 seconds. What do you think of uh, the Islanders just winning that game? A ton of heart. You know, the hockey gods owed them a break. They've had some bad luck uh, in this series. And uh, resiliency, man, resiliency. Until Tampa gets there, the Islanders are still in this thing. No doubt about it. Uh, I still think Tampa will win it, but uh, and they had every chance in the world in both overtimes to win it, and they couldn't win it. So uh, Varlama did a great job. All right, uh, Sports Race is next. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast. Great job, Mafia. Good night, everybody.
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.